0: Welcome in to the newest edition of the Justin Time Sports Podcast. I am your host, Justin Jackson. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about the NBA and what's going down there. We'll be talking about the NFL and what's happening in the offseason. We will touch on the NHL playoffs as they ramp towards the Stanley Cup finals. And we'll have our best for last. Now, as always, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And don't forget to follow the social media handle at J Time Sports. I repeat at J Sports for all your breaking news and coverage. I hope you guys sit back and get ready to learn something. Welcome in to the show This is your host Justin Jackson This is the Justin Time Sports Podcast On iTunes, Spotify, wherever your podcasts are held uh, As always, don't forget, like I said in the intro To follow the social media handle At J Times Sports I repeat, at JTime Sports For all of your breaking news and coverage uh, NFL, NBA, little hockey, little baseball in there um, But definitely check that out follow that so you can know before your friends know and welcome in to episode 16 of season three we've been at this, this is our third season now uh, very excited that you guys have helped grow the show you guys have helped in interacting last week's episode got a lot of interaction due to the nfl segment we will definitely talk about that in our nfl segment but today we'll be discussing the nba uh, like I said, what's happening there, NFL's next, hockey, and then we will talk about our best for last, which should be a discussion about Brittany Griner, give a little update on her situation, Um, as she's is still currently detained in Russia for far, far too long. Oh, but as I record this right now, we will talk about this in a minute, Darwin Ham is being introduced as the Los Angeles Lakers head coach. Um, Quinn Snyder had his press conference earlier And Pat Riley as well Now this episode will come out tomorrow Which is Tuesday morning So you guys of course will hear it Tuesday morning Um, But definitely Keep your eye out And keep your eyes peeled for that But let's jump right into Of course It's the NBA So of course we're talking about the NBA Finals Games 1 and 2 Golden State obviously hosts the first two games It is the new uh i guess a newish uh format of keeping the finals the same as the regular playoffs which is two-two-one-one-one. One, one. um most of my childhood it was two three two for the nba finals so it kind of threw a monkey wrench into a plan uh for a lot of people you know you did two in one city three in the next two and that was due to um the old actually the lakers and the celtics because you should to travel across country and traveling in those days a lot of it was commercial getting the flights back and forth, especially for media members and et cetera, was a pain in the neck. Um, and so the 232 was the best case scenario. You do two in one city, then you know for at least a weekend in a new city, then you fly back and not leaving that city. So that was best now with private planes and first class and media members and travel, even standard commercial travel, improving so much in this country. Two, 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 one, one, one is, you know, just as, just the same really as 232, especially cause you do that anyway. Uh, for most of the playoffs. But, Golden State came out in game one. Now, you can look at game one, we're gonna break this down, obviously the series is 1-1 heading to Boston uh, for the next two games. So of course, of course it being 1-1, you know, you have to get back on a plane to get to Golden State. Um, and they changed a little bit of the strategy as well with the old is that, you know, if you split the first two at home, you knew you were getting all three of your home games in a row. So your goal was to win all three and never get back on the plane again. If you got back on the plane, you knew you weren't coming back. You knew you had to win another one in their building. Um, but with the, with the traditional format, your goal was to split one because you know you had to get back on the plane anyway. So Golden State comes out. Uh, they have had the week off. Boston just finished playing a hard fought series against Miami. They did have three days off, I believe, but a hard fought series against Miami. Um, and you know, that means it's gonna be a war. And it was a battle. Um, and I and I've always thought something with Golden State. So backtracking me a little bit. Golden State, since this iteration of them began to exist, since the Steve Kerr era took over, they have done the third quarter blitz. It's pretty much been their thing. They go lineup of death, mid-third quarter, early third quarter, depending on how they're playing you, and they blitz you. It's a four or five, six-minute stretch in the third quarter. It's 20 to 2, it's 18 to 5 it's um you know they're down three they end up up 12. they're up four they end up up 20. you know it's this massive run i call it the blitz um where they just hit you and the but the trick about them is if you can survive the blitz if you can make that a four point gap instead of a 15 point gap in that stretch you have a very good chance of beating them because their late game execution, as much as it's lauded and it's praised, a lot of times it falters, especially when the game is close. And so in game one, you saw that. The Celtics survived the blitz. The blitz tried to come. They made a seven, eight, nine point gap and it never got bigger than that. Boston whittled it down. It was a very close game entering the fourth. The Celtics destroyed them in the fourth quarter. Um, And I looked at that game and I said, man, Yes, Derrick White hit a lot. Yes, Al Horford hit a lot. But Jason Tatum couldn't hit the broad side of a barn standing right in front of it. And so, I was looking at that game going, sheesh. You know, if you're the Warriors, you had a 21 point first quarter from Steph and you led the end of that quarter by four. And I had people texting me, like, oh man, Steph's on, the Warriors are in trouble. And I said, yeah, Steph's on, and yet they're only up four. If Steph hits 21 points, you should be up 10, 12, 15 points into the one you basically, you basically had Steph making up for others missing shots. Um, so, Boston, of course, wins game one. Uh, part of that to the game Sunday night. And you know, I'm looking at Jason Tatum. I was like, okay, he's not going to shoot three for 17 again. Um, but at the same time, I don't think Al Horford and Derek White do what they do in game one again. Uh, because, again, I talked about it with uh, in last week's episode. How many ways can you win a game? Well, Boston, you burned your role player game. That was your Al Horford, Derek White, Grant Williams, Robert Williams kind of game, where they all they all collect you, pick up a star, not playing the best and win you a game. There, there it was. Um, and so game two became the uh, shooting game for Golden State, where Poole hit, Klay Thompson hit, Steph hit, Otto Porter hit, Andrew Wiggins hit. You know that was your shooter game. You didn't really have a Steph solo dolo 40 pointer. Uh, you didn't really have a game since clay kind of moment. You didn't really have a bench guy. That was a shooter game, which again, like I said, then, uh, I said it for the last couple of weeks, every team in the NBA has, it, I, I put in a shooter game because every team in the NBA has shooters. So if they, if they make 15, 18, 23s on you, you're probably going to lose that game. And so golden state, um, utilized their shooter game in game two. Um, and they split it back one, one heading to Boston. Now, for the Boston series, now for this NBA Finals, I did project Boston in six, and I'm not wavering off of that. Um, For all the reasons people were saying, man, Boston in six looks rough after game two. It looked great after game one. Uh, Boston got hit with a blitz. They just, they fought it in game one. They could not fight it in game two. Uh, And even what little hope you may have had uh, went out of the window when uh, Jordan Poole hit that half quarter right before halftime uh, I was actually out to dinner um, During that purpose I was actually out to dinner And they are doing that part of the game And It was right with Derek White They were dribbling down Boston had the ball for right before Poole hits a three And I looked at my wife and I told her I said hey Boston She's a Golden State fan I said Boston needs to hit a three here Or at least score something to get some momentum Going to the fourth they miss a shot, and then Pool hits that one. And I looked at it and said, it's over. But yeah, I'm like, that, I'm like, that finishes off the blitz. I'm like, the last, you kind of want to end the blitz before the quarter ends because it'll bleed a little bit over to the fourth. Um, and I'm like, you hit a three there. I think it would have been down. You know, it would have been down, I think, to 17. And I'm like, it's manageable. You know, you come out with a quick 5-0, 8-0 start in the fourth quarter. Now they're nervous because they remember what happened in game one. Um, then that fourth quarter, which is a destruction by Boston in the fourth quarter. But like I said, White, I think Derek White misses the shot, jumper, Poole hits the three from half, it's over. Um, but I noticed something in game two before I move off of the finals or move into the the rest of the series. Draymond Green came out very aggressive, very talkative, very chirpy. A little, he was, he was pushing the borders early um if you hear post game jalen brown said i think he tried to pull down my shorts um if you remember during the broadcast what are they saying marcus smart and the rest of that bench was audibly yelling we knew he was gonna do this we knew he was gonna do this we knew he was gonna do this and when i heard that i said the game's over because i remember if you remember the 30 for 30 special on the bad boy pistons what did bill lambier said Bill and said repeatedly, once we once we got you to fight us or people even here in pregame, people saying, "Man, we going we're going we're going we're gonna to go in there and fight them back." You lost because you're no longer focusing on playing your game, playing basketball. You're going about trying to fight us. So, he's basically in the bad boy pitching strategy, it's built in the fight. It's designed to fight. They're going to fight. it's it's in the game plan. Phoenix Suns with Charles Barkley, y'all weren't, y'all game plan wasn't the fight. So if you win the game thinking, man, we're going to win the fight, we're going to win the fight, we're going to fight them back, that's less time, that's less mental capacity, that's less energy. You're focusing on actually playing basketball and playing your game. You're worried about getting in a fight and you probably can't win anyway. So that's what made it all the more interesting. So when I heard the broadcast saying, that's what Boston said pregame, that's what Boston said on the bench earlier in the game when Draymond first got into this little scuffle. And they were talking about fighting them back, fighting them back. I'm like, yeah, Golden State's in their head. Because Draymond's in their head before the game even tipped off. Because it's a bad time for Boston that they're allowing Draymond Green to get in their head. If if I am Coach Adoka, I am saying, screw that. We know he's going to, screw that BS. Don't have it anywhere near you because you're in a spot where you're worried about Draymond's mouth and you're not worried about the Golden State Warriors game. Draymond, and I heard a fan uh yell it and I kind of laughed. Um, he was saying, hey JB, all he can do is talk. And he was talking about Draymond Green. He was telling Jalen Brown, hey Jalen Brown, all Draymond can do is talk. Because if Draymond can talk you out of the game, he won. I think he had something like 9.7 rebounds and five assists. But because he's talking to you and chirping at you and getting you with texts and getting you frustrated and getting you to fight him, he's doing his job. So all he has to do is talk. Um, and I think it's going to be a little bit, to me, switching to into Boston, it's going to be a little more friendly confines for them in Boston. Now, they did struggle in at home in the Miami series. But they had to win the three games in Miami in order to beat the Miami Heat. Um, so they're going to definitely have to hold serve in this series, I think. I think if it goes back to Golden State tie 2-2, that's asking for a lot. That's asking for to win another game in that building to win the NBA championship. And that is asking for a lot. Um, obviously, in order for my prediction to ring true, or for any prediction to ring true, you had to win at least one uh, in Golden State, which you achieved in game one. Um, but you know, trying to losing a game at home and then going back to that building having to win another one um, that's asking, again, asking for a lot from anybody uh, nonetheless, a team first time in the NBA Finals um, so that is asking for a whole hell of a lot, I ultimately think they do get back on the plane, tied at 2-2, heading back to Golden State and, uh, and to make my prediction correct I will be asking Boston to win another game in, um, I was going to say Oracle, in the Chase Center So that is definitely something to keep our eye on there. I still hold true Boston in six. That's gonna look a little different than what I I predicted. I had Golden State winning game one, Boston winning the next three, getting back on the plane to Golden State, Golden State winning game five, Boston winning game six, and hoisting up the title in front of their home fans. Um, I still have Boston winning the series. Like I said, it's a little bit differently than what I predicted. Now moving on to some NBA news and personnel situations, Zach Levine, sorry Chicago Bulls fans, will not be a Bull next year. I mean, he's linked to way too many teams. The Chicago Bulls are not in a situation to win, even with him in it. And I do believe he wants to win, and I just don't see how it gets done in Chicago, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't either. Um... And I know a Bulls fan fairly well. And I was telling him, I'm like, you don't win. you In order to win the NBA championship, you need either one top seven or multiple top tens. And what I mean by that is multiple top ten guys. So if you don't have a guy in the top, well, really, if you don't have a guy in the top um, top five, you need two top tens. So let's just go back through some history. Um Last year, Giannis was the best player in the world. He won the championship. The year before that, LeBron James, the best player in the world. He won the championship. Uh 2019, was that Kawhi? That might have been Kawhi. He had a, he was a top three player in the world. Um, just go back to like those Spurs teams. Tim Duncan was the top 10 player in the world. Kawhi was right around that. Then he had 24 Parker, Genobla. Dude, he probably had four in the top 20. You know. Um the Heatles had LeBron at one Unquestionable number one The Golden State Warriors Kevin Durant top three Steph's top five um, Even when Steph wins it by himself He was the runner I think he was the undisputed MVP that year um, Or un, I was on the, Unanimous MVP that year um, You know you, you just go back Jordan was the number one guy in all his titles Matt Johnson had the case best player in the world in all his titles Larry Burry was top three player his, Like you need a top really three guy but top five guy or two top tens um and, and i can't think of an example of two top 10 maybe if you go to that lakers teams if you say Bird is the best player on the planet then you had two top 10 guys in magic and kareem if you go to a Shaq and laker kobe teams i say Shaq was the best player on the planet some may say when i've been dunking at that point but you had Shaq and kobe uh two top 10 guys for sure so you look at the pistons were the only exceptions the Pistons and the The Pistons were the only exception to not having that because Dirk was top five to me. I mean, you don't beat Oklahoma City, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and the Spurs in one playoff, so you're not top ten. I mean, that's just top five. I mean, that is what it is. Um, so it's the price of admission into getting into an NBA championship. And so Zach Levine, I talked and get to back getting back to the point. I was saying to that Bulls fan, like, yo, you don't have one top ten guy. So there's no way you're winning a title. And he was convinced they're going to win a title, convinced they're going to win a title, convinced they're going to make a finals run. And I kept saying over and over again, you don't have one top 10 guy. Nonetheless, two top 10 guys to make that championship run. Ultimately, the Bulls bow out early. Um, he finally faces his feet around game three. The Bulls bow out early. And that was that. That's how I look at the Pelicans, my, you know, my Pelicans, I'm like Zion and Brandon Ingram, Now, they could do it the Pistons way where they have four in the top 20 or, you know, whatever. Zion, Brandon, Ingram, TJ McCollum and then bring in, you know, I mean, you have three in the top 20 and then you culture your way to a title, catch some luck on Andrew Break, Who knows? Maybe Zion could be the top five guy. I'm not sure how he's top five. Maybe him and BI's two top 10 guys. So, you know, there's a way for Pelicans to get it done. And look at Chicago, though. I don't see the path. And I think Levine doesn't either. He's been linked to Dallas. Have the top to the top five guy. He's been linked to Portland, who's the top 10 guy. He's been linked to the Lakers, who are the top five guy, and two top ten guys when they're healthy. Um, you know, so you look at the situation he's been linked to, he's been linked to situations where he would come in and have the minimum base requirements of talent to win an NBA championship. Sorry, Bulls fans, it does not exist. In Chicago, um, neither Levine nor DeMar DeRozan are in the top 10, guys. Neither is Vucevic. Um, you don't have anyone coming down the pike. And cap-wise, cap, cap wise, you're pretty much, well, maxed out. So, yeah, I think Levine's going to move on. Uh, my money right now would be on the Mavericks. Um, if not, the, because you can do a kind of talent trade with Jalen Brunson, make the dollars amount equal, um, you know, Jalen Brunson. I don't want to say Maxi Kleber, but Jalen Brunson, another player to make the money work, um, and probably you know a pick for Zach Levine. And it's probably what I would try to do if I'm the Dallas Mavericks, or if I'm the first Zach Levine, I'm trying to give away to Dallas. If I can't get to Dallas, then I would consider um, some sort of deal getting to the Lakers. I'm gonna need my money, but some sort of deal getting to the Lakers if I am Zach Levine. Um, so that'll be interesting to keep our eye on there uh, CJ McCollum made Not big waves but small waves They asked him about he first had his ESPN gig Magic asked him what is he going to do With Zion Williamson he And CJ responded with that he's going to take Zion Under his wing um, The whole team really But Zion specifically under his wing And uh, in order to develop him And have him in better shape for next season And have him ready to go uh, For the Pelicans uh, Um A very potentially very exciting year, 2022-2023 season As many, including uh, major analysts, have said If the team is healthy, they have a chance to win the West Uh, Words that have not been spoken about New Orleans since the Chris Paul era Uh, So huge, huge news for the New Orleans Pelicans And I spoke about it earlier Uh, Darvin Ham, like I said, is currently in his press conference as we speak um, being introduced as the Los Angeles Lakers head coach, the 28th head coach in team history. Um, Quinn Snyder, he's been coaching the Utah Jazz since 2014 by eight seasons. He has stepped down as the head coach of the Jazz, uh, citing that the team may need to just need a different voice. Uh, reported those internal turmoil in regards to which way the team wanted to go, um, uh, whether they wanted to keep the duo of uh, gobert and mitchell whether they want to break them up if they were to break them up who gets shipped out um now snyder kind of denied that but that was widely spread the report was that they were in a disagreement with personnel decisions and so snyder ultimately walked away and then pat riley had a press conference and kind of an end of the year press conference where he said even though i'm 77 I could probably do more push-ups to you. He aimed at you as an editor reporter uh, and said that he was not going anywhere anytime soon. So huge for that Miami, huge for that heat culture that many in South Beach take so much pride in. um, That that the mastermind himself, Pat Riley, um, who, by the way, that quote pretty much sounded like it would come straight out of winning time. But Pat Riley... um, Ultimately saying that he would be a mainstay around the Heat for a very long time. And last but certainly not least, speaking of uh, CJ McCollum, his old team, the Portland Trailblazers, currently is not up for sale. But they did not stop Phil Knight, uh, CEO of Nike and a co-owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, from placing a more than $2 billion bid in to purchase the team. Now, Adam Silver stated that the team would eventually have to be sold. But as there's no timetable on having to do that. And the Portland Trailblazers uh, state that they are not for sale at the moment. Even though, like I said, Phil Knight placed a more than $2 billion deal on the table. Now, his headquarters for Nike is in Portland, Oregon. So I can imagine Nike uh, players on the uh, Portland roster will be giving a very, very, very nice treatment as they prepare to uh, bring Portland back to a winning situation. Now, up next, we're going to shift to the NFL and talk about what's going down there. Welcome back into the show Um, Huge news, huge news out of LA Um, I feel great right now I'm sure you feel good I'm sure you have family members and friends that feel good Wife, spouse, uh, this, that, and the other None of us feel as good right now It's two people on planet Earth Three people That is Aaron Donald Aaron Donald's wife And Sean McVay Um, And the reason why is Aaron Donald has secured the bag so that was widespread speculation that he was um angling towards retirement that he won a super bowl he won a super Bowl mvp he's widely regarded as the greatest defensive tackle ever to play the game um i share in that thought as well um that he is the greatest defensive tackle to ever play football um and so it was a situation where you look and it's like man i'm 30 3031 I'm in good health I've achieved all I can achieve in the NFL Besides winning MVP um, Defensive player he's got four You know he's been Pro Bowl every year he's been in First team on Pro every year but his rookie year Four time Defensive Player of the Year Super Bowl champion Super Bowl MVP You know 60, 70, dollars in the bank 30 years old, half my health, Have my child, Have my wife Go home And no one would have blamed uh, Darren Aaron Donald One bit But uh, just a few minutes ago uh, I was one of the first on it uh, me, Tom Pelissario, uh Ian Rappaport pretty much were all breaking it simultaneously um, and the headline reads the Los Angeles Rams and defensive lineman Aaron Donald have agreed on a WeWork contract making him the highest paid non-QB in NFL history the deal includes Aaron Donald making $95 million by 2025 uh, making him the first non-QB to ever average over $30 million in salary uh he is guaranteed 65 million dollars over the next two years and then that 2024 year that i referenced earlier would either be guaranteed fully upon his return or he can retire and the rams would not be beholden to any cap hit so you know it's something that people worry about if play get a big player contract older player and they retire you're still beholden to that cap hit and, and all kind of other solid situations but in this one, it's like Aaron Donald would be opting back in. So either he doesn't count at all against your cap and you lose Aaron Donald, unfortunately, after his age 32 season, or he opts in for his age 33 season, pretty much making that his swan song and you get him for one more year guaranteed money and about $30 million. Uh, makes him, the, like I said, the highest paid non-QB in history. So only people making more money than him, play quarterback. Um and there was definitely people referred to wanted uh correction with that little mush mouth there people were saying it was widely reported i heard it a lot that if he came back he wanted to be the highest paid defensive player ever and the top of the market was 28 million dollars so in his first two years he'll be at 32 and a half if he decides to opt into that third year he'll make 30 Regardless, he will have the highest annual salary of an NFL player of an NFL defensive player in history. He eclipses Devontae Adams and uh, DeAndre Hopkins receiver money. Um, absolutely massive deal um for Aaron Donald. Like I said, and and, and Odell Beckham uh, tweeted out his appreciation of the deal. A lot of guys are saying, welcome back, AD. Um, it's a situation where if you're the Rams now, you can do a lot because now you have now you have 99. Um, that's how good of a player Aaron Donald is. I know in Vegas they say pretty much if you're not a quarterback, you're not worth a game, in terms of on a prediction. So if you have the Las Vegas Raiders and they are a seven and a half win team or an eight and a half win team in Vegas, if Deion, if Devontae Adams were to tear his ACL, knock on wood, but get hurt for the for the, and could not play a single snap they would not fall further than eight wins. Vegas does not value... I mean, sometimes maybe a top receiver will get a game. Aaron Donald has swung the Rams projections all over the place because he's just that dominant. He is their defense. Um, He got the big bag. Ultimate reward for winning the Super Bowl championship, and he uses leverage. Looking at that contract structure, retirement was real. If I'm the Rams... I mean, Stan Cronky, you, you get a basically, instead of a three-year $60 million deal, you go to a three-year damn near $100 million deal, you get a $40 million raise in one year. That shows you that retirement was a real threat. And so the RAN ripped the contract up, put the money in the escrow, guaranteed the dollars, that's what you can do. You have the richest owner in the NFL, or at least as it sits right this second, the richest owner in the NFL and Stan Cronky, you can pretty much guarantee whatever you want and therefore you can pay Pretty much whoever you want. Also great, we got a guy like Les Snead who nails a lot of late round draft picks. So that way, not only are you getting cheap labor, you're getting really cheap labor. You're getting a starter for a few hundred grand a year by hitting a fourth round pick. Think about Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott did not make $1 million in his career per annual salary until he signed his contract extension. So for the first three years or four years, he was making less than a million dollars a year. He was a fourth round pick. Les Snead hits on a lot of fourth, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round guys with he's getting four years of starting or four years of high rotational play out of you for a couple million dollars total, which allows you to pay a Matt Stafford, which allows you to pay a Cooper Cup, which allows you to pay an Aaron Donald, a Jalen Ramsey, Andrew Whitworth um, and company because those guys, um, those fourth, fifth, sixth round picks hit. And so the labor is very cheap. And so it's not very cap punitive at all. But congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams organization. Congratulations, um, congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams organization. Congratulations to Aaron Donald. Congratulations to, I mean, everybody involved with the Rams. Uh, I feel sorry for the uh, NFC West and the NFC in general. Um, my sincerest apologies to you. Uh, you got to deal with ninety nine for at least two more seasons. i I'm, I'm glad to watch them. I enjoy watching them play. Um, so good luck to him for the rest of his season And the rest of his career But shifting to the topic That was going to be the A block In this B block uh, Which was uh, Deshaun Watson So as you guys know About a week ago He was at 22 pending cases of sexual assault uh, From different massage therapists around the country That number has not grown to 24 um, It looks worse and worse On the Cleveland Browns organization The more that comes out Um, Several reports have come out now Busby, I believe is the name Of the lawyer representing the women Um, He was quoted as saying that Deshaun Watson offered 100 grand apiece To each of the women To basically make the thing go away But there was a very, very strict NDA um, That a few of the clients Raised concern about Pretty much once you accept this check That's it Don't talk about me don't talk about the case as far as the public media and you are concerned it's over and done with and a few a couple of the clients a couple of the women were not comfortable with their NDA Busby said he didn't love it he was going to follow the uh, follow clients want it but a few of the women raised concern with how strict some of the language was and therefore um, universally declined the settlements and so they're going to advance further in the civil court now as you guys do know about the situation when you did go to criminal court um, none of the cases even got to a trial um, He was not indicted on in any charges None of the cases got to trial They were thrown out pretty quickly um, But that's because in a criminal case you have to, Your innocence are proven guilty You have to prove without a shadow of a doubt a, situ, a situation occurred Which is hard to do in a he says she says environment Such as this was all one on one interactions No video cameras, no recordings, no nothing uh, This is all one on one interaction It's very hard to prove without a shadow of a doubt you know this could happen and the silver in a silver suit the burden of proof is much much lower it is more reasonable than not or more probable than not I forget the exact wording but more probable than not that this occurred. so 51 percent basically of your brain so if you sat down and you, i mean you thought about it for five days in a row and three of those days came back yes and two of them came back no then it would be it would be guilty in the eyes of civil court um So these 24 women are going to keep pursuing their case in civil court. Usually a lot of time when he said she said occurs, that's where it goes. Again, it's nearly impossible to prove without a shadow of a doubt in the criminal court. So it goes to civil court. Um, And like I said, the media is kind of getting on the Browns a little bit. Now, in the in the Browns defense, no one knew about women 23, 24, uh, but they were getting bass already for not really doing due diligence on the first 22 women. I believe as far as the Browns were concerned, it's from outside looking in. They were looking at a situation where, hey, as long as he's cleared, as long as he's not going to jail, he can play football, which is very much true. Um, but it's reflected in the base salary. I read somewhere where the base salary for this year is one dollar. That's because of the suspension rules. It's a way to help out both sides. Uh, all that guaranteed money is in year two through five of that massive five year, uh, $230 million fully guaranteed deal. It's pushed back. Um, for years two through five, where in theory he would not be in, on the hook for this situation, so that is something that we're going to have to keep an eye on there. Um, but Deshaun Watson um, cases have risen to 24 active cases at this time. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, little camp news: Jimmy Garoppolo was excused by the team from organized OTAs. Uh, he recovers from shoulder from shoulder surgery. Um, and which is huge in terms of it feels very scotty pippen michael thomas ish where if you guys watch the last dance scotty pippen on purpose decided to not have his surgery till right before the season he was upset about his contract so instead of getting his surgery early in the early as possible getting back on the mission a couple of weeks of the season he waits to have his surgery right before the season, misses a few months of the year, puts a lot of stress on Michael Jordan, et cetera. Um, and it kind of created a rift between Scotty and the organization, kind of a permanent one. Shifting to Michael Thomas, there were widespread reports, him and Sean Payton. were not seeing eye to eye. He had an ankle problem. He's had to get surgery again right before the season instead of right after the offseason included, ends up missing the entire season. Sean Payton walks away, Michael Thomas gets the ankle cleaned up earlier, and now he's back on the field. Now you look at a Jim and G. Remember, I read a report that um, the 49ers didn't even know about the surgery till after it happened, which feels again, kind of that thing like, I'm cut off my nose, fight my face. He was gonna be down on offseason trying to get traded, but in essence, he's gonna limit his trade value and almost kind of pick where he lands because he's kind of because people have to be convinced his shoulder's fine now it is his non-throwing shoulder Then the surgery was on so that helps a ton but both sides is best for him to probably stay away from camp right now a he can't help you because he can't i mean he, he's not clear medically b a, a, a jimmy g watching over the shoulder of trey lance if he misses a throw or whatever the media's gonna go well what well, what if jimmy would have made that throw or things like that so it's just best for both sides to keep him away from camp at this time uh, speaking of camp ezekiel elliott uh discussed the fact that he's probably the healthiest he's been in a very very long time uh he said it took him a few weeks to get to her back to 100 healthy but as of right now he is 100 healthy now will we see a bounce back of rookie year even second year zeke i'm not sure uh if you uh, people like to blame zeke for that but if you also look that all world all pro offensive line also age out pretty quickly tyron smith if he gives you 11 games a year count your lucky stars um zach martin is starting to get beat up a little bit uh their center travis feltrick retired lael collins is now in cincinnati um so that a lot of the first round pick infrastructure that offensive line that protect uh that protected dak his first few years and created those massive holes for zeke is no longer nearly what they used to be uh, Zach Martin being the closest facsimile to that, he's probably eighty-five percent, ninety percent of what he used to be. Um, so that is the situation in Dallas. But Zeke has said he's a hundred percent healthy. And on the contract tip, Kyler Murray um, is did report to voluntary OTAs, which is a good sign in terms of contract negotiations. Now, as far as I know, there has been no finalized deal. There's been no real deal on the table, but negotiations have to be progressing if Kyler Murray was willing to come. To voluntary OTAs. Lastly, the retirement home in the NFL grew a little bit as it added three long time players. Um, after 17 years, quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, he played on nine different teams, aka Fitzmagic, um, joined the retirement home. He has retired from the NFL. After 13 seasons, Alex Mack uh, played center in the NFL, mainly with the Browns and the Falcons, if memory serves me correctly. He has uh, decided to retire as well And following 16 seasons um, Frank Gore After, ama- after amassing 16,000 yards and 81 touchdowns uh, Has decided to Sign a one day contract With the San Francisco 49ers And retire as well um, He will also be inducted into The San Francisco 49ers Ring of Honor And is expected in the next 5 to 7 years To join to get his bust uh, In Canton, Ohio But up next, we're going to shift to the National Hockey League and quickly tap on what's going on as they roar towards the Stanley Cup. Welcome back into the show and I' gonna talk about hockey I know we don't discuss the NHL often on this show but it is very pertinent at this time as like I said in the last outro the NHL is roaring towards the Stanley Cup now for you guys that aren't really into hockey uh, the Stanley Cup is their uh, Lombardi trophy for the NFL or the Larry O'Brien Trophy for the NBA, it is obviously their finals. Um, so, it is huge. Obviously, the National Hockey League, this is the only league, well, correction, they joined, the, they're like the NBA and the MLB, so really, the NFL is just lacking out. I think about it. Uh, they're also a multi-country league. So, of course, the NBA is represented in Canada by the Toronto Raptors. The MLB is represented in, in, uh, in Toronto as well by the blue jays of the nhl has several teams in canada um edmonton vancouver um just to name a couple of teams that are um that are in canada it's a multicultural league obviously you get players of all over the world playing in the nhl it is huge for contractually their guys salaries look a lot like nfl salaries so don't think nfl like aaron donald just got think nfl like your second best receiver the deal he would get kind of a five-year 50 million dollar kind of contract that's what a lot of the nhl contracts look like um they get paid like football players did 10 years ago is the best way i can describe it um like the average football player got paid 10 years ago Pretty much how a lot of the nfl con- nhl contracts look like but The uh, Colorado Avalanche Have a 3-0 lead On the Oilers Um, So on the Edmonton Oilers So the team that's played by Edmonton, the Canadian team So Obviously the best of seven Winner goes on to the Stanley Cup Final Um, I mean Colorado's got a 3-0 lead That's pretty much that Um, Teams have come back from 3-0 in hockey It is not like the NBA where um, No team has ever come back from 3-0 lead Teams have come back from 3-0 in hockey i just don't think edmonton can do it they have a future young stud uh, they have an absolute monster on their team um uh, and Connor mcdavid i just don't think that they have enough it's hard to spot a team two games and come back but to spot a team three that is pretty much the end of that um so kudos to the uh, colorado avalanche i'm gonna call it ahead of time on advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals. And in the East. Or in the other conference. I'm going to say it's the East. In the East. Um, the New York Rangers have a 2-1 lead. On the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now Tampa Bay Lightning are fresh off a uh, Stanley Cup championship themselves. Stanley Cup title themselves. They won it the same year Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kind of was making Tampa title town. Um, but the New York Rangers hold a 2-1 lead over them. Kind of interested in kind of seeing the Rangers win. Um, My wife recently visited Detroit and kind of became a quasi Rangers fan while she was up there because they played a couple of their home games while she was out there, a couple of their home second round games while she was up there. Um, And so I kind of want to see the Rangers win kind of because she's a kind of a quasi fan. So I guess that's my um, team that I'm rooting for would be the New York Rangers um, to win the Stanley Cup. Obviously, we will check back in on hockey, even if it ends up being like a best for last or kind of an off segment. We will definitely check back in on the NHL uh, at a later date. Uh, definitely, we we'll do that next week as they should be mid Stanley Cup final. But up next, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to go to best for last rather, and we're going to discuss a little bit what's going down with Brittany Griner situation and some of the things that has been done to help her. Welcome back into the show And now we're going to discuss WNBA uh, star Future Naismith Basketball Hall of Famer um, International star Brittany Griner And her continued illegal detainment in Russia So as you guys know Backstory She was detained in Russia uh, Over 100 days ago uh, For carrying vape pens That allegedly had uh, Marijuana like substances in them Obviously, transporting that sort of thing on a plane is highly illegal. Um, and so she's been detained in Russian jail ever since. Uh, the U.S. government reviewed her case uh, about a month ago, a, little, a couple months ago, and said that and now she has been legally detained, which means they could not find the imperial, imperial e- empirical evidence to prove she was, in fact, did the crime. They said she did. Um, and, of course, it kind of started as a groundswell in the MBA. Then it became a groundswell around women's sports. Then in the NBA kind of picked up on it. Now it's come a groundswell around all national sports. that so she needs to come home. Um, I think Boston, I can't remember correctly, but Boston, I believe, wore shirts with We Are BG. It has become a popular, uh, it's become a slogan around the campaign. Change.org has had a master, masterful uh, petition. Uh, she's Like I said, she's been classified as illegally detained. So the hostage negotiation group. Has now joined in for the U.S. government in terms of trying to get her back. Now there were some positive developments, if you can call it that, in her case. Uh, one of the things we found out was that she is she is allowed to communicate via email, and she is allowed to communicate um, to via email, and she's allowed and something else she's allowed to do. Um, so she is ha- she does have some communication with the outside world. She knows kind of what's going on. Um, now it's not a direct she has a computer opens up an email link emails from back and forth um her emails get sent to an account they get printed out i'm sure some of them have been thrown away but they get printed out didacted i'm sure whatever she gets them then she physically writes her responses back on pen and paper which which then that account sends back um so it's not a direct link at all but it's a lot better than you know what originally we thought she had no communication to the outside world um, she was just stranded in her jail cell All The only time she came out was to go through court proceedings um, But yeah, it's been well over 100 days Brenda Grind needs to come home um, it's, it's very interesting how this will be handled In terms of, you know, her value to the Russian government Maybe higher than it's to the U.S. government In terms of she's a much bigger star in Russia than she is in America So it's very interesting to see this kind of back and forth negotiation through negotiators kind of thing that the U.S. government and the Russian government are going through in regards to Brittany Griner. Uh, we're going to keep her in our thoughts. Um, and more, more of the stuff develop. Of course, I'll keep you guys updated. Uh, change.org like I said, has a petition. Go sign it. I've signed it. Um, a lot of other people have signed it. I forgot the exact number. Hundreds of thousands of people have signed it. Uh, bringing her home. Like I said, the NBA it's the now on a full We Are BG campaign. The WNBA has already been doing that. Um, so, definitely keep your keep you guys' eyes open for that. But, that is all we have for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Um, you know, my prediction for Game 3 of the NBA Finals, I have the Boston Celtics winning it. Um, what if my prediction is 6 to come true? They better win that one. Um, so, I have the Boston Celtics winning Game 3 and Game 4. Um in order to take a 3-1 lead heading back to Golden State. Um, but, again, that is all we have for today. Like, rate, and subscribe to the Justin Time Sports Podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Follow the social media handle at J-time Sports. And, as always, this is your host, Justin Jackson, signing out.